Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. of xbox nintendo and playstation you may be seated at home friends family and unwashed unlovable you'll die alone pc gamers today <laughs> we gather to say goodbye to the electronic entertainment expo taken from us far too young at the tender age of 27 e3 was a friend to all even if you had never been inside her <laughs> <laughs> you knew E3. Whether it was from video game magazines, websites, or being, being drunk in the JW lobby, we all knew E3 and called her a friend. That's what makes saying goodbye today so hard. E3 was our summertime Christmas, our annual family reunion, and our chance to look around and say, wow, video games are cool. Some may say that E3 didn't make sense in the 2020s, that it was too expensive, too unfocused, and not supported. That may or may not be true, but that'll never take away from the nearly three decades of memories we made in the convention center. From me telling Anthony Gallegos at 2 a.m. to stop working on a Frogger DS preview because nobody gave a shit about Frogger DS, to my first D3 in 2007, where I was told everyone at IGN grows a beard for the week, which in 2023 really does tell you how few women worked at IGN in 2007. Now, blessing. Correct. One of the things that killed E3 was financials. Big companies not wanting to spend money on the event. But, blessing. Mm -hmm. Sadly, business is business. And that's why I want to tell you about this eulogy sponsor. This eulogy is brought to you by Summer Game Fest. This Summer Game Fest returns for its fourth year to give fans a preview of what's next in video games. Hear from the world's top game creators, including a spectacular live showcase streaming Thursday, June 8th, hosted by Jeff Keighley from the YouTube Theater in Los Angeles. Stay tuned for more details, including a calendar of partner publisher events at summergamefest.com. While we're sad today, it's important we share the good memories of E3, and that's what this show is going to be all about. I like to imagine E3 walking into heaven, being greeted by Marvel's Avengers in party mode, and being told she did a good job. The most comforting funerals I've ever been to and eulogies with passages from the Holy Scripture, and I'll be doing the same. To paraphrase the Oscar-nominated film Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, if you seek E3's monument, look around you. Look around at the four dozen other showcases and events that we have to sit through this summer. And I think we all know that E3 lives on. 
Thank you. Wow. We'll now open the floor for anybody else who wants to say something. Blessing. That was, that was rest in peace. Rest that was very peace. beautiful. That was very very beautiful, Greg. Uh, rest in peace, E3. Um, I think the thing that I want to bring forward, right, is an E3 memory. Um, if you have a few things, one of my first E3s that I actually sat down and watched on my television as a youngin was the Wonderbook E3. Sure, of course. Where PlayStation came out, they showed off a bunch of PlayStation Move products, and for me, as somebody who hadn't really experienced E3 before, right, watching it for the first time on my television. I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world, yeah. right? And looking back, it's fun seeing the comments. It's fun seeing the, the reactions to that and people being like, what is this Wonderbook <laughs> bullshit? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> but for me, as somebody who wasn't already jaded, right? For me, yeah. as somebody who wasn't in the industry, paying attention on that level, all that stuff, that was such a cool thing. Fast forward a couple years later, and for me, what still sticks out as one of the, one of the hypest E3 moments, right? One of the most pivotal E3 moments was 2013's E3, where it was Xbox versus playstation in announcing the new consoles sure, of course. right you had xbox go up first they announced their price they showed off call of duty ghosts and a bunch of dogs and shit they showed off a bunch of tv 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 call of duty call of duty and then playstation comes through they knock it out the park they show us how the console looks it looks sick they show us the price the price is cheap right afterwards they show us how we can share games with our friends super easy with no, no none of the drm features yeah yeah i am gonna miss e3 for moments like that that's well what i have to share well said Roger, uh, would you like to come to the microphone? Barrett, if we can turn on the stick mic again. Um, E3 was always synonymous with video games in my household. Um, the G4 coverage was the thing that I would look to my mom and be like, hey, it's E3 time. And we would sit down, we would watch E3 together. <laughs> and Your mom's a saint. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, she knows video games through E3. Um, sure. It was the thing that was like, hey, video, the video game industry is real it's a real thing that you could work at that you could be a part of uh and it was probably integral integral for me being here and like following my dreams and her seeing something that this is a reality and it it, it inspired me forever and like especially the g4 coverage like that was that was always incredible rest but in peace g4 as well rest in peace. i know rest that this is a funeral but I gotta go to Summer Games Fest you know what i mean oh, ah, oh, okay. yeah, look at that look at uh, that snowbike mike host of the kind of funny xcast i love d3 Oh, wow. Okay, thank you, thank you. Well, well said. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Thank you for the roses. And then Nick Scarpino, who was pulled into this bit three seconds before it started. I'm glad I was included in this, guys, because, of course, my opinion on the subject is paramount. Mm -hmm. Paramount. Uh, it's probably the eldest uh, person here who's gone to E3. I think I actually predate you, you, do? you at do. E3s. Uh, I'm here to say good riddance. Yeah, Damn, what a terrible show. Whoa! What a, just a tremendous amount of, of, of work that goes into that thing for very little reward, very little <laughs> out of it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I could not be more glad that it got canceled. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to get a drink at a JW Marriott, just go to a goddamn JW Marriott sure, and go fair. drink But then, there. you know, everybody's not there. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's even shit. better, right? Because oh, then okay. you don't have to talk to anyone. You can Honestly, just enjoy your quiet drink and go back up to your hotel room and fall asleep. Okay. Um, well, you've really brought the funeral down a notch, you know? There you go. to do something special here. But honestly, it's about uh, openness. I was looking forward to it this year, I will say, going to E3, just for to get you guys uh, out, of out of the office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's much nicer here when no one's here. Um, it's, right, you it's give me the microphone back. just uh, it's, it's quiet. Go fill your coffee. Um, I don't know. I'll just say I'm looking for I'm looking forward to Comic Con. Everyone, we'll see you there. Yeah, like we lost Comic Con. The, see you there. We lost the narrative but. a little bit there. <sighs> Blessing. We asked people to write in, of course, to free, for free. On we did kindoffunny.com/slash/kfgd with their eulogies for E3. What did we get? Yes, uh, Bull Borden wrote in and says, "Dear E3, when I was younger, I looked forward to you more than I looked forward to my birthday or Christmas." Instead of instead your death being a glorious ride into the sunset like you deserved, your final breath was a wet fart. Okay then. 
Tannen B writes in and says, Oh, E3, my E3. Our time together was fleeting. We may never know what all three E's stood for. Some say it was electronic, electronic, electronic. Nope, nope. What we do know is that you're gone now. Does he really not know it's Electronic Entertainment Expo? Uh, electronic, electronic, electronic. That's what I thought, too. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there's probably a Nintendo Direct slash State of Play slash Xbox Developer Showcase to watch or something. So it's fine. We're good. See ya. Stephanie writes in and says, E3, you'll be missed. And I'll cherish the memories of E3's past. The spirit of E3 will live on. Barista Brand writes in and says, used to watch the E3 event every year. They broadcast it on G4. Fond memories of a coffee table covered in snacks and hours of hype reveals. However, all good things must come to an end. As Kylo Ren says, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. And Jeff Kelly listened. <laughs> Danimal Stu wrote in and said, I got a chance to go to E3 twice, and it was an absolutely unreal experience. I got to meet and hang out with Charles Martinet uh, for a few minutes. He's and Mario. He, uh, He's Mario. He's the guy who plays Mario. Uh, not um, the new guy, Chris Pratt. No, not Chris Pratt. Not, not Chris Pratt. And he's an absolute sweetheart and is the voice of all of our childhoods. I got to ask Reggie if he was ready for Smash Ultimate during E3 2018, and he looked in my soul and said, my body is ready. Wow. And I'll cherish that moment for the rest of my life. All the cool games I got to play before their release, all the cool people I got to meet, and all the unnecessary merch I bought will never be forgotten. Thank you, E3. I want to close with a haiku written in by Patrick Schweigert. E3 haiku eulogy. E3 is now dead. I'll never forget their crimes. Banning our sweet Greg. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you. Never forget. You know. Never forget. It's that thing where, of course, E3 did ban me. And then they brought me into host two years ago. The mm. final host of E3. Wow. And it killed me to put that cancer in its head. But I did what I have to. My lord and my savior, Jeff Keighley. Let's talk about the fact that E3 is dead. Jeff Keighley is coming in for the final blow and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Of course, you write in about your comments, your questions. We read them here. And the people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames get to chat about it and, of course, hang out. Of course, they have a special job as well. They have to keep us honest. If you're watching live, go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and listening on podcast services around the globe of course there's multiple ways to support kind of funny the most important one is patreon.com slash kind of funny over there you can get each and every episode ad free and you can watch us record our podcast live and ad free you can get them super early you can get dozens and dozens of exclusive programs each and every month including the brand new format in two episodes of Remember Blank, where me, Blessing, and Mike are out there remembering games we came back to, games we wasted our time in. And, of course, we need your input for future episodes over at kindoffunny.com slash rememberblank. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal when you're on that epic game store or playing Fortnite Rocket League and so have it. Put in the creator code KINDOFUNNY when you're checking out. It helps us quite a bit. Uh, some housekeeping for you, ladies and gentlemen. A new PSI Love You XOXO is live right now, and it's our Horizon Forbidden West one year later thoughts. It's me, it's Blessing, it's Janet, and we're all hanging out, having a great time, talking about a number of different things and, and doing our thing. Uh, over on Patreon, like we said, there's new episodes of Remember Blank available. And then Tuesday, 
at 8 a.m., we are doing a very special stream. And when I say we, I don't mean us at all. Uh, we have a sponsorship from our friends who are doing the game Meet Your Maker. Oh. They are kind of funny best friends. They said, hey, we'd love to come show the game to the audience. So they're taking over. They're just doing a Twitch takeover. Uh, 8 a.m. Pacific time, Tuesday. You can hang out with the devs, see the game, have them talk to you from the community, from the community by the community kind of stuff. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus, Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Rocket Money and Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Welcome back to the show, Barrett, by the way. Thank you. Good to have you back in the room. Excited to hear you talk about Star Wars Jedi Survivor later. Uh, for now. Number one, as we already kind of gave away, E3 has been canceled. We'll go to IGN.com's Rebecca Valentine for the report. Almost a year after announcing its return, the Entertainment Software Association announced today its members, I'm sorry, announced today to its members that this year's E3, Electronic Entertainment Expo, has been canceled. IGN can confirm. Two sources have confirmed IGN that the organization announced the cancel cancellation uh, via the, inter the email sent out to its members today. The email said that while E3, quote, remains a beloved event and brand, that the 2023 version, quote, simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase its so size, strength, and impact on our industry. Uh, the ESA concludes the email by reiterating its commitment to advocacy work. It does not mention undertaking the show again in future years. Following IGN's report, the ESA issued the following public statement from Kyle uh, Marsden Kish, Global VP of Gaming at ReadPop. Quote, This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen. But we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from ReadPop's event experiences, end quote. The press release adds that ReadPop and the ESA will continue to work together on, quote, future E3 events, end quote. The event was supposed to be held from June 13th through June 16th at the Los Angeles Convention Center and would have been the first in-person event, E3 event since 2019. The event was canceled in 2020 due to the COVID pandemic, and while a digital version was held in 2021, hosted by me, I'm adding that, I don't know why Rebecca didn't put that in there, the event was canceled again in 2022 in an effort to focus on a revitalized showcase that would set a new standard for hybrid industry events. E3's return for this year was announced last June alongside the confirmation that E3 2022 had been canceled. The news comes as multiple big names in the industry from Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation, and more recently Ubisoft announced they would not be attending E3 in any capacity, with most opting to host its own digital showcases. Blessing. Greg. It finally happened. Yes. We've been talking about people pulling out for quite a while, and then I think it was as recently as yesterday's Games Daily. We're like, it's dead, right? It's got to be dead. When are they going to do it? I keep checking the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two days ago was our episode where we talked about, is E3 officially dead, right? And it's funny. It's interesting and fun getting the news two days later. I, well, we got it yesterday, right? So a day later that, yeah, yeah. yes, E3 is dead for this year, and probably what feels like forever. You know, there's not really a, a hard confirmation that, uh, E3 is coming back. Uh, you know, there's a really good write-up from Chris Ring over on GamesIndustry.biz. Of course, the parent company of GamesIndustry.biz is Repop, which is partnered with uh, the ESA for E3 this year because, of course, 
the ESA has been trying to find ways to revamp E3 and figure yeah. out how to do E3 in 2023, right? In the, in the industry that is changing a lot, right? Especially in terms of how you do an event like this, how you announce your games, how you do, how you tackle the the movement towards digital in terms of events and all all these things, right? And so Chris Ring was able to get this right up where he interviewed the the head of the, the ESA and asked him all these questions in terms of, what went wrong? Is E3 going to happen? All these, like, is E3 going to happen in the future? All these things. And the, there's a couple of paragraphs that stick out to me, right? Like, sure. uh, and here, the, the, the head of the ESA gave one of, one of his answers where Chris asked what went wrong, uh, and he responds like this. Historically, E3 served as an industry platform to make announcements about games, products, and services, as well as an opportunity for business to get done. Over the years, even as consumers were, uh, were invited to participate in E3, the event focused largely on the, largely on the industry's marketing and business needs. However, those marketing uh, needs have evolved, and they started evolving even before the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when we decided to bring back E3 in person for 2023, we knew that would have to reflect those changing needs. That's what made working with Repop an ideal situation. They have a history and a track record in operating successful industry and consumer events, including PAX, comic-con egx among others we were off to a great start there was an interest among exhibitors industry players media and certainly the fans ultimately however there were challenges that proved too large to surmount first several companies have reported that the timeline for game development has been altered since the start of the covid pandemic second economic headwinds have caused several companies to reassess how they invest in large marketing events and third companies are starting to experiment with how to find the right balance between in-person events and digital marketing opportunities uh he goes on to talk about how you know they're committed to providing a, a platform for the industry um, for marketing all that stuff advocacy right because the esa does more than e3 right but e3 i think is, has been the big money maker that's what we know the, the the esa for even though the esa does different things and they're even talking about what the future of e3 is right asking asking um can we expect e3 in the future Again, there's not really a certain answer there. Uh, uh, the, the head of uh, ESA responds, we're committed to providing an industry platform for marketing and convening, but we want to make sure we find that right balance that meets the needs of the industry. We're certainly going to be listening and ensuring whatever we want to offer meet those needs. And at the time, uh, or at that time, we'll have more news to share. And so they're in the, it seems like they're in this place where they still after years, haven't figured out what E3 needs to, be, needs to be in a space and industry that has evolved so much. And the challenge right now is figuring out, can, can they even find that, right? Like, are right. they going to be able to do an E3 right. next year that is able to have the, the size, the, the scale, the scope of what E3 needs to be to operate as E3, right? And I think that's the difficulty they, fi they, they find themselves in. It's you know, bittersweet in some ways, right? Because I, I kind of, I like Summer Game Fest. I like the idea of Ubisoft having Ubisoft Forward, Nintendo Direct being its own thing. And like, I like having these different announcements sprinkled throughout the year, but it's bitter in the sense that historically E3 has been such an event, right? Sure, it's been so the place, fun. Yeah, it's been the place where we gather. It's been the place where we get really cool moments like we talked about in, in the eulogy, but also, you know, like the, I'll never forget the E3, it was PlayStation's E3 2015, where I believe it was, Last Guardian and Shenmue 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And that back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back was, oh, my God, I can't believe yeah. this is happening. And I always go back to watching, um, uh, I believe it was uh, it was game trailers. I'm, I'm go back to watching I game trailers. Right, reaction, yeah, where they right? all flip out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, where they flipped out. And for me, that those are the moments that I don't know if we're going to have to that level. Of course, we're going to flip out during a game awards if there's an Elden Ring thing or like a, like a Nintendo Direct for whatever big Nintendo game they announced. But... There's something about E3 and having it all in that one place 
that really expanded that hype. And I think that's a lot Yeah, of, but even that what you said, right, and I, this is a fun uh, conversation as we will dissect this for the rest of our lives, right? Yep. You're talking about that one PlayStation showcase, right, where everybody flipped out in the game trailers thing. And I, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can uh, picture it, right? Uh, I'm blanking on names. Easy Ally, Swimming in Sevens. Oh, uh, Michael Heber? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah. Huber flipped out when he heard the song. Like he heard like the instrumental yep. for one of the games and knew what it was and 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 fucking wigged out and it was an amazing clip, right? If PlayStation does a PlayStation showcase for PlayStation 5 or whatever they're doing and, and want to show their cards that way, right? That happens. I think when you talk about there being state of plays and they have a smaller impact, right? And maybe there's one game to get hype about, they're not three or four games in there. What I would counter argue with that, right, is that yeah, that sucks that they're not all condensed. It's not there. You're not just getting, you know, hype after hype after hype. But I would argue as an industry, we're in such a better place. And I think it's because we're not having to build the year around that, right? I always talk about when I started in 2007 at IGN, the fact that I started uh, God of War 2 came out uh, on PlayStation 2 and it was a big deal. And then it was like quiet throughout the summer where there was nothing. Like I, I was playing, you could play everything. There weren't amazing games every week, right? And then we got to E3, they announced stuff, and then it's the fall rush. Okay, it's fall rush. We got to get ready for all the reviews, and then it quiet downs again, right? Whereas now, you know, we lament in a joking fashion of, like, how the review season never ends. There's always, right around the corner, you're never more than two or three weeks away from the next big, huge game that's coming out that we're all, somebody's hyped for that's going on, right? And I think part of that new life cycle and the fact that games come out all the time and AAA games come out all the time and big games come out all the time is the fact that the industry is no longer held to one very similar pattern where Black Friday is the end all and be all of it. For sure. And when you take away that, you take away the fact that everybody needs to be ready. You, of course, bring up the GamesIndustry.biz interview over there with the ESA. There's an opinion piece up from Christopher Dring, who, of course, was mentioned. We talked about him, I think, yesterday or the show where we talked about E3, where I was talking, he's the one who came out and was like, hey, here's this opinion piece about what we're trying to do here when they started it, when it got announced, Hey, I'm part of this, right? His is in the end, the industry just didn't want this E3. Right. And one of the things he talks about is at the start, it was great. It was positive. Everybody's going great. And then he goes, or at least that's, or at least they said they were, or at least their events team said they were as the months dragged on and contracts remained unsigned, unsigned, the mood changed and they gave good reasons for pulling out quote. Our games aren't ready. Quote. We don't have code. Quote, we, we can't be seen to be extravagant in this economy. Quote, the mm. timing isn't right, and so on. Like, right there, and there's so many reasons that E3 isn't happening, obviously. But right there, there are, that I just don't think companies are held anymore to the same, everybody's on the same schedule, let alone the fact of how COVID changed everything. And I, and I think this is a, it's a healthier way to go for the industry, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and that's, that sounds so aggressive toward E3, but I think it's just the truth of, yeah, you don't have to crunch to get your trailer or your build or your demo done for E3. It's... I, mean, it's, I don't mean to stop. Oh, yeah, go for, it, go for it. This is just so it's such a thing we're all so fired up about. I think we can sit here and talk about why E3 going away or not existing in the traditional fashion is good for the industry and not shit talk E3 at the same time, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I fucking love E3. E3 was awesome. I'm I'm going to miss E3. It was so much fun. It was so cool. But it was, I feel, a dinosaur at this point. And not because of anything the ESA necessarily did wrong or Repop would have done wrong this year just of what the industry is, where a smaller, more nimbler summer game fest can make more sense than a giant show where you can't get any of the big three to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, my thing is, you know, when I talk about the bittersweet portion of it, I am definitely talking from a, from more of a selfish place of having all that, like I, the, the feeling of waking up E3 week, oh, right? God. And like, well, the E3 week being like, let's say we start Saturday with an EA play, and then the next day is Xbox and Bethesda, and then the next day is 
Ubisoft and Konami and PlayStation, right? And like that, I'm sh that shakes up year to year. That but sucks. We'll never get that again. Yeah, like that is the thing. Like that's the, what I that's what I'm going to miss, right? Yeah, like that is the stretch where it's like, damn, the competition aspect of it that at the end of the day doesn't matter, but we still put it on there anyway. The idea that we're going to get like, oh, this this is what Xbox has going on for the next few years. This is what PlayStation has going on for the next few years, right? Yeah. Ubisoft, and it's all jammed packed into one week. From a fan perspective. For me, that was such a hype thing. That was yeah, such an 100%. exciting thing. From an industry, like, health perspective, yeah, like, don't crunch to get these things out. And, yeah, like, right now we're in a – financially, like, the world is in, is in turbulence. You know, I, I definitely understand not wanting to pay, what, the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, like, however much money you're paying – to like get E3 space and like have a thorough presentation, a physical live presentation, rent out space, do all that stuff. It I mean, doesn't make sense right now. Straight up, I mean, like it's that, and then it's also there's so many different ways to attack it. I love this. Yeah. It just be the entire thing, right? But it is like it doesn't make sense that way. And like somebody was like in the chat, or the, I can still see it. Ronald Belfond, a Wolverine trailer at E3 is cool, but a Wolverine trailer anytime would be cool. Yeah, of course, but. When it's a Wolverine trailer, followed by the next giant PlayStation announcement, followed by Sucker Punch, followed by Factions, then you jump over and guess what? Now it's going to be Nintendo in the morning, and they're announcing yeah. this. And like, there's it's a hype to it, right? Is now here. But like to your point of like saving money and what it costs and yada yada and all this stuff, it's all that also in crunch. There's the crunch of running up to E3 for the developers who are making their games, and clearly they're the most important thing. I'm not at all whatever. Mm -hmm. But then for our side, there's the crunch of E3. Like the I, you know my stupid eulogy, I mentioned the Anthony Gallo's Frogger preview, but like that is the kind of Back in my day, and not to, I don't think IGN does it as much anymore. But like, you were in the war room till three in the morning. You were and you were writing everything you saw that day. I didn't. We didn't leave till we did. I remember my first year. I was going to skip the team dinner because I still had to do an Agatha Christie DS preview. And Levi Buchanan was like, "No, you're not. You're coming with us. Like nobody gives a shit about Agatha Christie on DS. Like you can do it later or not do it, and no one will know." And he was right. Nobody knew. However, back to it, right? Of like, yeah. There's that. There's the cost. There's this, right? And then there's the for you, the audience, like. What are you getting out of it necessarily from your personalities and stuff like that? Like, you know, we go there as IGN or we go there as kind of funny, right? We're not working the studio. We're not working with the usual workflow. You're getting things, but the mic quality is not there. This hasn't blah, blah, blah. Then, of course, there's the thing of like, I won't lie to you. Like, honestly, it sucks. You know, no, it's, being kind of funny is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Owning, owning our, running our own business and, you know, I, even though you don't own it or run it, but like you're part of it, right? And like, it's like, this is all us. It's all us. This is, you know what I mean? It's so cool. I, me and Tim were not stoked <laughs> when it was like summer F game fest play days and then E3 starts yeah. right away. And it's like, how are we going to, who do we send? How do we do this? Yeah, you're like, talking about a week and a half. Are maybe. we going <laughs> to, we cannot send the entire games team down there for a week and a half in LA. And even if we did, what happens to the shows here? How do we do shows down there? How are we going to pay for hotel? You know what I mean? Like there's a million different moving parts to this that are like, fuck, this is a weird thing to do where it's much more of a, cool I, I can deal with a million digital showcases right and then whatever play days is this year or whatever and figure it out but yeah. like there's a lot to it that is like so cool but then so exclusionary it's like you know gdc had a big conversation at the gdc awards right about um uh i'm gonna i want to say accessibility but that's not what i mean um approachability i guess or feasibility of how expensive gdc is how expensive san mm -hmm. francisco is the fact that you're by doing this and charging what they charge for tickets and charging what it is in the city, you're locking out smaller devs or up and comer devs or students. How do you do that? Right. And it's a similar thing there of like E3 is great, but how do you make it all make sense financially, both for devs, for us, for anybody? In yeah. 1000%. Yeah. Um, we do have a question from C G Danny B who wrote in the kind of funny.com slash KFGD, just like you can. Uh, Hey, KFGD crew. Long time, maybe first time. I don't know. But E3 has been canceled. 
This isn't particularly surprising, but it still is kind of shocking seeing the news finally hit. I saw the news last night and immediately started brainstorming for the future of E3 as an event. I know earlier in the week there was a small discussion about E3 skewing towards indie games and publishers, but obviously that wouldn't be have been enough to save the event this year. We all know indie games don't garner the same attention as the big AAA games ever will. But do you think aiming for an indie-focused event next year could save E3, or do you think it'll just prolong the inevitable? Appreciate everything you do. Greg, you're a madman for the PC rants, and I love it. Take care. CG, Danny B. I don't think aiming for an indie-focused event next year could save E3. Absolutely not. No. Uh, E3, it, what makes E3 are the bigger games, are the bigger announcements, are the, the AAA stuff. I think they could do an event and like have it be... Okay, yeah, we're ta- we're talking about the limited runs and the like indicades and like oh, you're having all those vendors in, but without a Ubisoft, without a PlayStation, without a um, like Embracer or Tencent or whatever, like you you're not going to bring in people. Especially if your goal is to shift and evolve E3 and and make it a public facing thing. Yeah, people just won't show up if the big guys aren't there. 100. percent Uh, yeah, I think you know, I, I want to read the final. Three paragraphs here. They're Mm. short of Christopher Dring's opinion piece. Again, this is on Games Industry Updates. I highly recommend you go read it. Could E3 come back? If next year turns out to be a hardware year, is there a chance the platform holders would be interested in getting together and putting on a show? Maybe. Although listening to the ESA, it sounds like the desire for the big dramatic E3s of old are over. And I think he's citing the interview that you're reading from. Mm. Either way, I'd be the first one on a plane to LA, that's for sure. But as I observed back in July, E3 is the industry show. It may belong to the ESA, it may be pulled together by my parent company, but it is an event that was created by the likes of Nintendo, EA, Sony, and Sega back in 1995. And it'll be those same companies, plus a few new ones, who will decide whether it comes back or disappears from view. As of today, the industry's decision seems pretty clear. Period. And that's the thing, I think if you're not able to get back the bigger publishers, the places, people who made it, it, then I don't know if there's much hope for you to continue to come back in the future and the thing about it like again what i think is the struggle here is that i don't think the esa has someone there with their hand on the wheel saying this is what it is right now if the esa called up kind of funny and this is not me pitching for the job but if they Mm -hmm. did called up kind of funny we're like what should we do i'd be like well we do this thing called the kind of funny game showcase and we are a bunch of fucking morons and there's 11 of us and we pull it off really big if you still want to be the industry advocate group if you want to do this do that like and, and like, let's reinvent what E3 is. E3 is just a brand now of showcase, and so you do smaller ones. You talk to your partners who are, you know, I think eventually, basically, it's going to sound crazy. Let's do what Jeff does. Yep. Let's and that means let's start small. We're going to start with a bunch of double A stuff. Hopefully, you can get something really cool from a remedy. You can get something cool from one of the like uh, um, CD Projekt Red. We get one of those. We get juice behind this. We're, you're going to have to go through. Two or three E3 show E3 showcase digital presents whatever you call them right where it is the entire show oh, E3's dead, blah, blah. but when you show that you have cool games and you have a narrative and you have a Jeff Keighley whether that's you or me we'll fight for it you know what I mean there's a face to this there's a thing that's happening this is what we're doing and again you know it's funny the interview from the ESA I feel isn't word salad but it is still a very much like posturing yeah Christopher Dring's opinion piece from the read pop side I feel is very much like. Yo, we fucking tried, and this is what it looks like. Bring that energy to whatever you want E3 to be. If you want E3 to be a thing, if you want to do this. But I would say, yeah, like, pivot and do that. Get companies in there. Do these little things. You know, have it be these, uh, I would say, uh, some, you know, you have lots of indies, I'm sure, 
a couple double A's and then you build that and you have a vibe to it and you eventually get to where you are and what you want to do it. Don't be afraid of Jeff. Do it around Game Awards and not an insulting, I'm trying to steal it way. Be like, mm. like what we did with the kind of funny game showcase, right? Of like Game Awards was Thursday, PSX closed. So we're like, we'll do our own showcase right afterwards. Do the same thing of like, Hey, Jeff's doing that thing. Yeah. We're doing a small I mean, it's, it's literally what Jeff did to E3, right? You got to yeah. do, back, do back to Jeff. The exactly. fact that Jeff attached his Summer Game Fest kickoff or Summer Game Fest Live to that same, or the, the week prior, right? But in that same area, because that is where the hype is, right? E3 is bringing the eyes. Cool, let's attach to that. And now all of a sudden, you're finding more success with that than E3 is finding, or with, with, than the ESA is finding with E3. Yeah. They, they kind of got to do that back, right? Hey, what if we can't attach ourselves to a Game Awards or to Gamescom opening that live and figure out how to coast off of that to create our own brand, our own thing around these announcements as and it, well? And it would build. be, again, exactly, it, not exactly, but the solution to what some of the things that were talked about there, okay, it's not extravagant. Okay, it's not you need to have an entire booth ready of demos or entire show. Let's just do an announcement trailer. Let's just do whatever. Let's, what IP do you need? Like, Ubisoft, you don't have enough for a forward right now. Where can we fit? Nintendo, last year, not doing anything in the summer, right? Because they weren't ready for stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you have to have something. There's got to be some game in there we could talk about or work with, right? Like, there's a million, and I think you do it. And then, again, where I think this has been a struggle is that E3 has wanted to be this walled-off city, right? And be like, we are E3. And this is old E3, not where they are now, yada, yada, yada. But again, not, not only for, hey, we're doing, you know, Game Awards is happening. Hey, we copy the Summer Game Fest thing again, where it is like, hey, we're going to show you one game from this company, and they're doing their own thing on this day. You should go watch it. Hey, here's a great indie. If you love that, there's more at the Wholesome Direct they're doing, blah, 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 blah. You know, eventually work it back to, like, if you want it to be this thing, if you want to be those people that you're giving back to the industry and you're working together with everybody. Do we ever see E3 ever again? Like the giant show and stuff? Yeah. Like, do we... Is, Dude, is I mean, there never E3 say event? never. How many times have we... You know what I mean? Like, mm. never, ever, ever say never. But, like, soon, I don't think so. But I, I imagine... It, it strikes me as the kind of thing that it goes away and whatever happens to the ESA happens to the ESA. Like, I don't know. You know, their advocacy and all that jazz, blah, blah. I don't know their financials and stuff. It strikes me as somehow somebody it remind it, like thq basically <laughs> i was gonna say like g4 and i but I, and i don't mean and i, I don't know why I, I guess i'm leading into it in what i feel is a, a not great way but I, I you know g4 wasn't at the start a great idea or a, a great move right mm -hmm. like maybe their business model clearly wasn't that great but it feels like somebody will pick up the e3 moniker at, and moniker at some point and do something with it what that is what that looks like i don't know mm. if i was the esa i would try to pivot and do it but again i'm just talking as a content creator they're talking as a organization business. Gr business group that has people to pay so i don't know how much my stupid quarterly e3 <laughs> showcase <laughs> is going to make you money wise but i digress number two in the roper report in the same vein summer game fest confirms it is still happening uh there was a tweet yesterday right yes yeah summer oh, game yeah. Uh, no this is today's tweet yeah this is this morning uh video game summer isn't canceled summer game fest returns this june featuring events announcements and updates from more than 25 of the industry's leading publishers platforms and developers plus our spectacular showcase event live thursday june 8th from the youtube theater and then jeff, jeff keely jeff keely of course this is the one from yesterday the jeff keely having what jeff keely one year, a week but i mean what a year but like what a what a fucking week at yeah, the baftas surrounded by everybody in tux and guess what e is dead I won. Yeah, you know <laughs> let's, I mean? let's pop a bottle. Uh, yeah, as soon as this happened yesterday, I got announced. Uh, Jeff Keighley tweeted uh, with the image, if we can show it up, of him and Duke Nukem. Uh, here's 15-year-old me at the first ever E3 in 1995. E3 meant uh, so much to me and to so many of you, too. Four years ago, I realized that E3 wasn't evolving as it needed to compete in a global, digital world, so we started building what's next. 
see at Summer Game Fest June 8th. I, I want to know what the ESA and E3 said to Jeff Keighley to just like set this man on fire, right? Yeah. Like he like at, at any moment where he can, you know, throw shade or come through and capitalize on, on E3's demise, like he takes it. He takes that chance every single time. And like to his credit, like he's he's done the thing, right? Like yeah. he is he is winning. I mean, he's won basically here. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah, and <laughs> there's no more winning than what he's won already. Yeah, like, yeah. he's won. It's 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 fun, but also it's like damn, like this, Jeff Keighley really really is sticking it to E three whenever whenever any. Bad I would news love happens. to be a fly on the wall and know what happened in that meeting four yeah. years ago. There was like where he put up the tweet where I'm out. Like I've seen what they're doing and it's not going to be the jam and yada yada yada. I, I mean, I believe everything he's is he's saying here is true. I believe he, uh, clearly he was ahead of the game and understood oh, what sure. we needed and where we were going even before COVID and everything else. And I, t- I totally understand the idea, and this is me projecting a little bit, but I understand the idea of, hey, this isn't working. Like E3, if you look at the history and where the, the industry is going, this isn't going to last. This needs to change. Yeah. And presenting good ideas and the, the other people in the room are just like, no, we can't do that. Like, no, we're not going to change. Like, no, this is what it has to be. And being pissed off because it's like, I, I feel you're the only sane person in the room, right? And like, yeah. obviously, Jeff left. He executed his own ideas, and his ideas are working Crushed. super well. I totally understand why that would cost somebody to be like, yeah, like, I told you so. Like, I'm going to be petty about it because look You at imagine, and I do not know, as much as I uh, respect and adore Jeff Keighley, we are not, like, friend friends. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we're getting a beer, and he's telling me inside baseball stuff on what happened here. My knee-jerk reaction would be that in some way, shape, or form – in one of those meetings, they were super insulting to what he's built with Game Awards and what he had built, helped build with E3 because he was a huge part of E3 with the showcase, uh, the um, uh, Microsoft stage and the interviews yeah, and all that stuff. The, uh, and so I must have imagined it must have been something like, it must have been one of those like, you're a cog in the machine. We could pop you out and replace you with anybody and be as successful. And that must have been the final straw of just like, oh, really, motherfuckers? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you. And now he is <laughs> dancing on their grave. Congratulations, yeah. Jeff Keighley. And it sucks because like, again... Jeff is dope. You know what I mean? Like, I've never had an interaction with this man where I've been like, oh, man, you're a fucking phony or this, that, or the other. You're just in for money. He's in it because he loves video games, as evident by 15-year-old him at E3 with Duke Nukem, right? And, like, the final hours and the stuff he did and, right, and games like, like, you can go through Jeff Keighley's time. There's a great, we have cool friends with Jeff Keighley. And it's like, I totally believe he's in it for the right reasons. I, he, I, when I talk to him and we talk about games, I see in him the same passion I have for just wow, look at what this developer's making. It's not, look at me. It's, wow, I, I, let's help these people share their art. Let's get these people onto the stage. Let's do this whole thing, right? Like, he's got that vibe to him. And so, again, it's incredible that he's built this and, and that he won, that he did this, that he was that yeah. forward thinking. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, we had a question here. Should we still do it, you think? Yeah, it's a fun question. Nevin's Island writes in thekindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, Hi, Greg and Bless. With the announcement of E3 officially being canceled, who do you expect to show up in May slash June to put on their own showcase? As of now, we know Summer, Game Fest, Kickoff, uh, Ubisoft Forward, Xbox Bethesda Showcase, and a dedicated Starfield Direct are already announced. Others that could show up, Sony with the State of Play Showcase, uh, Nintendo Direct, Indie Year Full, Square Enix Presentation, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Final Fantasy XVI, Kingdom Hearts IV, Capcom, Konami with a Metal Gear Solid 3 make rumor, EA, Thanks for what you do, Nevis Island. <laughs> kind of ran out of gas there. I thought I had more. Uh, this is a fun one. Um, for full, full, a little, full blown showcases. Yeah. Show, yeah. Show, yeah. That's what full he's saying. Blown. Or Nevis Island said. So I guess we, we can start from the list, right? PlayStation, 
you gotta imagine morning jeff grubb right yeah like that a playstation showcase is probably gonna happen i would bet that that would happen in end, end of may sure nintendo direct they're always so weird yeah nintendo's so weird it definitely marches their own drum i'll say no i also want to say no um because you figure they'll have zelda out in the end of april yeah just pretty close to beginning to june I think may is it zelda may yeah. 12th oh may my 12th. apologies sir oh uh, yeah but yeah, they have, there was a whole conversation I was reading last night with some fans, I think, in the chat where they were talking about Horizon and how that was going to step on. Oh, the fact that, yeah. Uh, Star Wars was there, and then that and then Zelda was right there. But yeah, you have Zelda coming out. In um, July, you have Pikmin coming out. And then you have Metroid Prime 4 being the other thing in the ether. And beyond that, you don't really have any, any games, which makes me wonder, what is their, what, what's their plan right now? Yeah. Like, what, what are they cooking over there? Is, it the, like, is Metroid Prime for the swan song? for the switch like is that a game that's going to come out next year and then like that's the last big triple a game and then they like launch new hardware like we talk about like are we at the end of the switch now are we at the middle of the switch like it's really hard to gauge exactly what's going on with that yeah, yeah. but the fact that they don't, they don't have any software announced beyond that yeah. makes me beyond makes me wonder if it is time to transition into something new and big and if they if so maybe they hold that for a fall direct maybe you know i would think that if they don't do a big direct in uh, May or June, then maybe like an indie direct, like a Nintendo. What do they call it? Indie the, World. The whack. No, the whack ones. The Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase Partner. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. you know what I'm talking about. The ones where it's like, all right, it's one of these. Um, and then maybe that happens like in July. I could see that happening. I don't expect a big d- a direct though. I mean, Nintendo's always so out of my wheelhouse that I feel like they just march to such a crazy beat, and then it's one day before, well, two days before you hear, oh, they're gonna announce it, and then the next day they announce it, and then it happens, mm-hmm. and it's Pokemon fucking sleep or some shit, and I'm like, well, uh, okay. So I don't know. I can see him do it. I can see him not doing it. I'll say that I'm, I'm bet if we're betting, I'm saying no. Sony, right. yes. Nintendo, no. I agree so far. Square Enix. Square Enix. I so the the games that Nevins Island uh, lists here are. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Final Fantasy XVI, Kingdom Hearts 4. My thing is, if we get a FF7 Rebirth trailer, why not just show that at a PlayStation thing? I think that would make more sense since that's a PlayStation exclusive and that's going to be a big PlayStation game. Final Fantasy XVI is going to be out in so June. Close. Yeah, June 22nd. Yeah, so it's not, you don't have... Uh, you, I mean, you can show a new trailer, but it would be like a launch trailer, basically. Also, it's gone gold already. Yeah, uh, and that's the spoilers for the, the show. And then Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4 is like, do you have stuff to show on Kingdom Hearts 4 when that game is 27 years away? <laughs> it's that usual thing, too, of like, you know, and, and then to go to Capcom, to go to Konami, like, I mean, Konami, I could definitely see a Jeff's thing. Being one of the twenty-five things, especially if it's mm-hmm. just Metal Gear Remake, can you imagine? But like, of course, mm-hmm. then is he? Are they working with Kojima? Is it this? That, yeah. Like, there's a whole bunch of there's stuff there, right? But I mean, like, if you are a new Konami, if you are, or we're getting back into uh, console games, Konami, you probably at some point have to mend bridges with Jeff Keighley when he fucking laid you out at the Game Awards, right? Yeah. He was like, Mr. Kojima wanted to be here, but Kojima, Konami's lawyers wouldn't allow it. And we all booed. We're like, ah! <laughs> like, yeah. Something to do there. It's that same thing with Capcom. I can see them doing stuff. EA, I don't know what they're doing, how big they're doing going this year, but like, if it's just one or two titles, why wouldn't you go to Jeff? Yeah, I get. Yeah, that's the thing for EA is what would they have to show? Um, like Jedi Survivor is about to come out. Um, like obviously they have sports games, but that Black Panther game we always hear about. Oh Black yeah, about? the Black yeah. Panther Iron Man. Yeah, 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 right. Well, like, are Marvel they gonna games? are they gonna have anything to show for those? But you know how it is. You show a teaser trailer. Yeah, you know. 
And I guess we already know about Black Panther, so you might. As Wait, well do we? Know no, we are. Do we already know about? We already know about Iron Man with E. We already. Well, they officially announced Iron Man. Black Panther was just reported. Slash, and then it's the yeah. Skydance back Black Panther Captain America yeah, game that we, that we got a trailer for. Okay, okay. But yeah, EA's they not officially trailer. announced the. <laughs> yeah, um, they not officially announced um, the Black Panther, the open world Black Panther game that they're working on. And sure. so, yeah, just announce it. We know it's happening. Just do it. Just do what's it. What's your big deal? Don't be a coward. Now, so you don't think you don't think EA play. Is that done? I would love an EA play, but Austin Creed killed it. That's fair. Like, I perfected E3, and they were like, we just can't, two years in a row, we can't do it, we can't do it. Greg, mm-hmm. Greg nailed it. Austin Creed took over my EA uh, play thing. Did I, did I fuck that up? Did I say that wrong? I think you got that. I perfected much. E3. You per- okay. Austin Creed took over my EA play after two years, right? Mm-hmm. And he just ran to the ground. They're like, we can't do this again. Wait, which one did you do first between E3 and EA play? I did EA play. Okay. I did the right, I did the right way. I, I went up. See, I'm on the rise. I see. I, you I know, see. I started at IGN reviewing PSP games. Start kind of funny. Trending gamer of the year. Yeah. South by Southwest trend game of the year, whatever they called it. Wow. Then, of course, EA Play. Then host E3. Some might say Xavier E3 Woods, star. WWE superstar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oof. Just mm. and then we start going. I have my own YouTube channel. It's like, oh, that's in reverse. That's not how you want to do it. You know what I mean? You start the YouTube channel, you go up. Then he comes down here and he's like, now I'm, I'm hosting EA Play. Yeah. And now he just did, he just did a, a prom. Somewhere in there too, he he hosted WrestleMania, and then he went down to hosting EA Play. Wow, wow! I can't believe you went to G four. EA Play under WrestleMania. Last chance possible for this Austin Creed fellow. This Xavier was goes to G four, kills the channel. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, it's crazy. I hear Danny Payne. You won't even look him in the eye anymore because of it. That's what I've heard too. Yeah, upsetting. You know, yeah. you hate to see friends torn apart. But luckily, thanks to your support on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, Kind of Funny will never be torn apart, right? If you go to KindOfFunny.com, Patreon, whatever, Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, of course, you can kick us a few bucks. You can get every episode of game, Kind of Funny Games Daily ad-free. Of course, you can get dozens of exclusive episodes over there, like the Remember Blanks we've put up, pulled from the headlines of PS I Love You XOXO. You can watch us record the shows. It's everything over there. It's fantastic. But guess what, Jack? You're not on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. Try it free for 30 days is enough time to try and completely forget about a subscription or service. Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription that you don't use every single month. With Rocket Money, you can change that with a few quick taps. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Rocket Money helped me realize I had a few subscriptions that I just completely don't even need anymore. Uh, And now I'm saving that cash money, baby. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to look as cool as I look? Yes, you do. And you can. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an unbeatable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn in my life. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken 
broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for you listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use the code KINDAFUNNY. You can get 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Promo code KINDAFUNNY at ShadyRays.com. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Number three on the Roper Report, Vampire Survivors wins best game at the 2023 BAFTA Game Awards. This is Chris Scullion at VGC. God of War Ragnarok won the most awards at this year's BAFTA Game Awards, but lost out on the best game award, which was instead won by Vampire Survivors. God of War Ragnarok was the most nominated game in BAFTA's history, with 14 nominations in total. Ultimately, it took home six of these awards, including EE Game of the Year, the only award of the night voted on by the general public, and both the Performance Awards for Performer in Supporting Role and Performer in a Leading Role. But it was Vampire Survivors which won Best Game as well as Best Design. Elden Ring and Tunic were also multi-award winners, with each receiving two awards. Sony executive Shuhei Yoshida was honored with the prestigious BAFTA Fellowship, which is the highest accolade that can be bestowed by the Academy and has previously been given to such creators as Alfred Hitchcock, Charlie Chaplin, David Attenborough, Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, and Martin Scorsese. A full list of winners includes Animation, God of War, Evolving Game, Final Fantasy VI, no, sorry, 14, uh, Original Property, Elden Ring, Audio Achievement, God of War, Game Design, Vampire Survivors, British Game, Roller Drum, Artistic Achievement, Tunic, Multiplayer, Elden Ring, Narrative, Motherfucking Immortality. Let's go. A performer in a supporting role, uh, is what, La- Laia? Laia Delian Hayes, okay. is that what I'm- how I would pronounce it. Anger Boda in God of War Ragnarok. Uh, music, God of War Ragnarok. EE Game of the Year, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, technical Achievement, Horizon Forbidden West. Family, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Debut Game, Tunic. BAFTA Fellowship, Shuhei Yoshida. Uh, game Beyond Excite... What? Game Beyond Entertainment. Game Beyond Entertainment. All right. All right. Elving, <laughs> Extinction is Forever. Performer in a leading role, Christopher Judge as Kratos in, in God of War Ragnarok. And best game, Vampire Survivors. Blessing? Greg. How you feel about these BAFTA winners? What is British game? Is it just a game that happens to be made in the UK? You nailed it. Look at that. You solved your own. You how how they pick Roller Drone? Was that the only one? Like, was is it the best British game or is oh, it the most to, British yeah. game? Well, no, I like Roller Drone a yeah, lot. You just fucking <laughs> no. shit all over them. God damn, man. No, Roller Drone was great. Roller Drone was great. But like, was there, what were the other nominees? Is what uh, I want to know. Let me get you the nominees up. And like, because I like Roller Drone a lot, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have assumed that game was British. 
I wasn't eating beans and <laughs> beans and toast in that. It's game. just where it's made. It's not. It's a British awards <laughs> show. They want to honor somebody from Britain. You know. Yeah. Well, like, is it like is it best best British game? More than now, you want me to get into like what they? Okay, hold on, I'm, I'm looking. I'm I just want to know. But All right, so your other British game nominees go like this: Two Point Campus, Ollie Ollie World, Roller Drome, Vampire Survivors, Total War, Warhammer Three, Citizen Sleeper. Congratulations, <laughs> Roller Drome. Also, congratulations to um, uh, Vampire Survivors yeah. on best game. Getting some love. That's a great game. Getting some love. You know, it's not even as much as I. I, I love Elden Ring. And I love God of War Ragnarok, and so like, sure, like I love seeing those games win all the game awards in the world. But it's really cool to see Vampire Survivors, which is a game that is super beloved, right? Super different, super weird indie that come through and win a big award, even though over Elden Ring and, and God of War Ragnarok. Like, I, I think seeing that happen uh, is pretty dope. And yeah, like God of War, both God of War and Elden Ring have more than enough awards and exactly so let's share some love here yeah um, it's one of those i think for as many award shows as there are and the fact that we've stretched into march now to get through the baftos or whatever it's nice to still see diversity happening that's exactly. not always god of war it's not always elden ring something like vampire survivors yeah. come along and finally get it's due shout out shuhei yoshida shout out to shuhei that's awesome what a cool thing i i got very teared up watching that yesterday when we were hanging out watching that here in the yeah. office or also shout out uh tame and lucy for presenting awards at the baftos to both sure. Um, uh, Miyazaki for Elden Ring, and they also uh, presented an award to the God of War Ragnarok team. Where's my shout out? What'd you do? I was in the Shuhei video. I, I was, I was me and a bunch of PlayStation executives talking about how cool Shuhei is. You were in that video? I fucking hate I, thought, I watched that video. I you, you, yeah, you called out that I was in it. Now you're big timing me on oh, the stage. I thought that was your. I see. I heard Greg Miller's but voice. Here's the thing: you weren't on stage. You weren't on stage. That's yeah. true. You weren't in the video. There. It's more important. You weren't in the UK. You know what I mean? Next to the roller drill. They were just devs. bringing up anybody who's British over there. I just yeah. heard Greg Miller's. I thought that was just you talking in the. That's office. the other thing too. I'm a breakthrough. I'm breaking through. You know, they had a lot of British people on stage. I'm a fucking. I'm an American over there. You know. I mean, number four. Final Fantasy 16 has gone gold. I spoiled this one for you. I'm sorry. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN reports. Development on Final Fantasy 16 is now complete as developer Square Enix has announced the game has gone gold. Shared in a tweet on the Final Fantasy 16 Twitter account, Square Enix has wrapped up development way ahead of the game's launch on June 22nd. Final Fantasy 16 has gone gold, it said simply, from the entire development team, including Torgal. Uh, we hope you're looking forward to Final Fantasy 16's launch on June 22nd. <laughs> Is Torgal the dog? Guy? I was trying to figure out. I was like, which one is Torgal? <laughs> Torgal sounds like a character in Final Fantasy. It's got to be. It's got to be. Again, if you're an audio listener, we're looking at an image here. They are holding up dogs. Wait. <laughs> Torgal Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, Torgal is a wolf or a dog who appears in Final Fantasy 16. Okay. My, I like it because it sounds like... Torgal sounds like the Cyclops you'd have in a dungeon. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like they're just working on the game. And they got some Cyclops <laughs> got a in a dungeon. Monster in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a really. This, uh, this feels really early for a game to go gold, right? Like you're three months ahead. Yeah, it or, sure no, does. Two months. It's, which means the code should be going out soon, right, Square Enix? I mean, it's a big. Should RPG. have that any second now, oh, right, yeah. Square Enix? That should be pretty easy. It's done. Oh, you pop on... it into the thing. And you make a code. It's done. They're working on the day one patch. Yeah, that's gonna be happening. Exactly, the game. they're gonna be bugs, they're bug squishing and squishing and making yeah. patches for a while. You're gonna, that's where all the shaders are, of course. God, like Last of Us on PC. Exactly, they didn't get the day one patch. Number five, heads up. Tomorrow is April Fool's Day. I actually did forget about this. Thank you for yeah. putting this on the report. Sonic the, Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog tweets says, "We've been listening. A new direction for Sonic is coming soon." I I woke up to this 
and I looked at this tweet, and I was like, what the, f- what are you talking about? What do you mean a new direction for Sonic is coming soon? And I was thinking about it in my head, I was like, the last game was so different. Like, the last game was so weird. Like, what, what new direction can you go? Is it gonna, like, are you gonna make a dating sim? Is it gonna murder people? Like, what, what, what are they gonna do with Sonic? And it wasn't until um, Raj Bacorny replied to my Slack, uh, where I dropped this into KFTD. I forget, he's, he mentioned some April Fool shit. He's smart. Yeah, he, he caught on to it, where he was like, uh, he said April Fool's, and he'll be slow or some shit. Yeah, it's either he's gonna run real slow or or blessing mm-hmm. he's gonna run backwards because oh. a new direction right instead of running fast forwards mm-hmm. he's gonna fu- run fast backwards have they done a top down sonic first time yeah. like superman okay i'm all about it i can't wait to see whatever weird april fool shit what they, a great they fucking i'm so stoked that it's a saturday yeah so you can just ignore twitter and everything else I'm just going to be talking about WrestleMania, and there'll be no fucking April Fool in there. All right? I don't have to worry about that. You don't that think one. they're going to pull an April Fool at WrestleMania? No. They're, they're bigger than <laughs> John Cena, like, starts running to the ring. He's like, psych, and he runs back inside. <laughs> I'm not wrestling at all today. <laughs> uh, blessing. Greg. I'm excited to see what the new perspective slash direction on Sonic is, but that's so far away. Mm-hmm. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You would go toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, the very British game, Citizen Sleeper, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Cosmonious High is on Quest. Blade Assault is on all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, and the one Switch. Hot Wheels Rift Rally is on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and mobile. And Formula Retro Racing World Tour is on everything. Uh, new dates for you. Vampire Survivors second DLC, Tides of the Foscari, launches April 13th. Genshin Impact version 3.6 arrives on April 12th, and Wild Hearts' largest post-launch updates bring new Kimono and Karak Curry on April 6th. Remember Wild Hearts? I do. I'm sad we didn't play more of that. Wild Hearts, I mean, I'm, well, what are we playing now? I'm, I'm trying to Platinum Horizon. I'm down. Like, again, Wild Hearts is another one of those, like, ah, oh, man, because everything that happened for me in the end of February, beginning of March, mm. where I was so in on that, so, having such a great time, and then I had to evacuate for the emergency. And so, like, it just stopped everything. I came back, and now no one's playing it, like, in our in our friend group. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, like, okay. like it's, I, And I forgot probably how to play and all these different things. It's like, shit, that was, like, I was really enjoying being on that train. I really liked Wild Hearts. Yeah. But, yeah, I kind of ripped away, and I was like, okay. Pretty much the same. It, it came out around a lot of other things is the thing for me. Was, yeah. I, you know, I was enjoying it so much, but then – VR hit, and I had to play Horizon Call of the Mountain. I was playing other VR games, and then um, what other games came out? Atomic Heart came out, and I played it for an hour. And then like, oh, that really sucked you. And more, really... more yeah, Metroid Prime came out, and I was like, all right, let's just do this for yeah. forever. Now, and now it's like it's like if I think about a big game, I want to get like lost in. For I'm thinking Diablo would probably be that, like a multiplayer yeah. thing to do, right? Like I'm excited for that. So, I don't know. But anyways, platinum and stuff. Anyways, uh, we asked people to write in to kindoffunny.com/kfgd with their questions, of course. But more importantly, they're squad ups. Today we have one from Keeks. Keeks needs help on Xbox One. Keeks is Keeks Kills on Xbox One. K E E X K I L L Z. Keeks Kills says, trying to learn and have fun with Guilty Gear Strive on Xbox. If you want to go hang out and have fun and that stuff with Keeks Kills, get on Xbox and hit up Keeks Kills. Uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and youtube.com slash kind of funny games to keep us honest by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up uh kebabs has two for us the wolverine trailer debuted at the playstation showcase a digital event that happened in september outside the usual e3 schedule which kind of proves ronald belfon in the chat's point point. and then i don't know if that disproves anything we said 
Well, I think it was that we. It, I think Ronald's point was like an ETH, uh, a Wolverine trailer anytime would be cool. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. And I think the assumption was when it was red is that it was at E3. So he's just correcting when it was. Gotcha. Our point of it would be, but it would also be cool if it was this and that. And yeah, blah, blah, exactly. And that yeah. That's awesome. The thing we were talking about is a hypothetical. Uh, Kebab says the first top-down Sonic game was 3D Blast Fickle's Island. It was the first Sonic game to release after the original side-scrolling games. Congratulations, Kebabs. Ladies and gentlemen, it's over. Done. You can all go home and, and mourn E3 in your own uh, personal ways. Uh, remember, of course, uh, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. Uh, since it's no longer a weekday tomorrow, uh, no show tomorrow. But Monday, you'll get me and Blessing. Tuesday, you'll get me and Blessing. Wednesday, you'll get Blessing and Mike. Thursday, you'll get Blessing and Tim. Friday, you will get Tim and Blessing. If you're watching live right now on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames or youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, up next is more streaming. It's going to be Elden Ring with Mike, Nick, and Andy as they continue to do whatever the hell it is they do in that game. I'm going to WrestleMania tomorrow and have Sunday. Fun. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to miss you. I'm gonna miss you. You should have come. I know. Next year. Okay, fine. Sounds good. Well, it's, I think it's in Detroit next year. <laughs> the year after that, then no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be on the WrestleMania pre-show on Sunday talking about wrestling on WWE. So make sure you do that and send me a bunch of screenshots. Maybe I'll wear the same suit, maybe a different tie. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But until next time, no. It's been our pleasure to serve you.